When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, as you may have already noticed, I have been on a little bit of a hiatus. I would love to say that it was due to the holidays, but on November 20th, my father passed away. And he has been my long-term mentor and you know, really the premise behind starting this show and sharing what I've learned. So today, I just felt like it would be fitting to share with you the three things that I learned from him uh, early on in marriage that have helped Crystal and I be successful. So three things coming up. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Husband's Coach's Corner, the podcast that teaches husbands how to love their wife every day and become better men in the process. I'm your host, Chris Scott, a.k.a. The Husband Coach. Okay. Like I mentioned at the top of the show or in the introduction, we're going to be covering three things and then there's going to be a drill at the end. So the very first thing that I learned from my father, you know, growing up uh, and even as a young newlywed is be patient always and give your wife grace no matter what. Always be patient and give your wife grace. Now, uh, I'd be lying if I told you that my father was always patient and always graceful, but I would say eight times to nine times out of 10, he was patient and graceful with his wife, uh, even with his children, me included, but my two other sisters were really my two older sisters. He was really patient with all four of us and that's a very important thing to learn. Patience, period. But being patient with our wives. See, it's easy to get upset with our wife, uh, but you have to do your best to show her that you love her. And one of the best ways to do that is to be slow to anger. Uh, case in point, you don't like when people are angry at you. And if you are one of those people who say, ah, I don't care if people are angry at me. Well, the truth is you would prefer them not to be angry at you. And the same case holds true with your wife. Your wife doesn't want you to be angry at her. She wants to do things that honor you, that, you know, are pleasing to you um, in not a chauvinistic sort of way, but in a very loving and genuine sort of way. Um, so you have to learn to be slow to anger and you got to be patient with your wife. Uh, see, one of the things that leads us to not being patient is we're always in a rush to getting something done. Uh, part of this is our culture, our society. We, I mean, we get messages instantly. News that used to take days to travel around the world uh, now takes seconds. So in our culture and our mindset, we just think instant. So 
when it's time to go. And, you know, this is where men typically are the least patient is you knew that we were leaving and you're still not ready. So uh, what I suggest in that case is prepare uh, yourself and the family to leave with buffer time before you actually expect to leave. Uh, this is super helpful. And, you know, this can be a conversation that you have with your wife. If this is something that you really struggle with, you can say, hey, look, I'm going to build in 10 to 15 minutes of additional time. In the event that you need more time, I need you to say so. So that way we can be on the same sheet of music. Uh, but at the same time, I also need you. And, you know, this is how you can express this in a loving way. I also need you to make sure that you stick to the plan and the timeline. Uh, and most wives are going to be open and receptive to that. But when she's not, you have a choice either to get upset or to be patient and go find something else to do. Uh, so that way, when she does get ready, you can take off. There are very few places that if you're late, the the worst things happen, right? Most of the time, if you're late, it, it's more of an embarrassment uh, that you showed up after everyone else. Um, but, you know, obviously, the environment that we're in right now, parties aren't really happening. Uh, but... I used to get impatient with my wife because we were going to social gatherings, parties and stuff like that. And it was like, man, you know what? It doesn't even matter because even though we got there 20, 30 minutes after the party started, there were people showing up 15 minutes before the party was supposed to end. So, you know, it, it's not that serious. All right. Um, and the last note that I have here on being patient um, in, situ in situations where your wife makes you mad, just forgive her instantly. Make a decision right now that you're going to be patient. And as soon as there's a situation where your patience is tested, what I really want you guys to do, and this helped me out uh, dramatically or, you know, a lot, um, as soon as I felt impatient, I instantly said, you know what? It's okay. I forgive her. I'm just going to go sit down and watch a TV show or, you know, hop on YouTube for a second, whatever. Instantly forgive your wife. Don't hold on to it uh, because when you hold on to it, it becomes this long-term frustration, which then bleeds into other things. And when you have these arguments, you may bring that stuff up and it's not something that needs to be brought up in most cases. Uh, so as soon as your patience is tested, forgive your wife instantly. All right. You do need to address the situation. This is not me saying be passive about the, the, the issue at hand. What I'm saying is forgive and then have a conversation uh, from a genuine standpoint of, look, honey, this bothers me and I really need you to help me uh, by doing X, Y, Z. Don't tell her she has to do something. Make it a partnership and you will get a lot further. All right. Now, this third 
uh, note for patience is really going to come in when we talk about the drill, which is centered around patience today. All right. The second thing that I learned from my father, have fun. You know, I don't, there are so many couples that I have encountered, uh, so many husbands that I've encountered that they forget that their wife is their friend. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hang out with my friends, I like to have fun, right? We we joke, we play, uh, we laugh, we we have fun. Your wife is your friend. Have fun with her, all right? And I'm talking beyond the bedroom. Sex is great, but I'm saying, you know, why not play card games? Why not play board games? Why not do silly things like... What would you normally do with a friend and include your wife in that? This is like twofold. Um, I remember just being a, a young kid and my dad would come home and he would sneak in the back door or, you know, into the house necessarily. Not always the back door, but he would sneak in and I would see him and he knew that when he came home, I would run and greet him, but he would put his hand up and he would tell me to be quiet, you know, like putting the finger over his lips and saying, hey, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And then he would find my mom and he would just start tickling her. And she didn't know he was in the house. And it was just such a, a surprise for her. And she really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, I talked to my mom about that while, you know, I was with my family uh, during the funeral times and things. And, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, I really remember that. And, and those were spontaneous, fun moments. And, you know, she really appreciates that. So having fun with your wife builds a memory and that memory will be cherished well beyond your uh, lifetime here on earth, you know, should your wife survive you. So, have fun with your wife is extremely important. Now, I do have a few more notes on on having fun. Uh, one, you you want to laugh with your wife. So, knock knock jokes, uh, silly dad jokes. Um, you know anything that's not necessarily directed towards your wife, because we don't want to make fun of each other. Uh, that is potentially toxic for the relationship. Uh, but instead, you know, watch a comedy show. Go well. I guess you can't necessarily go to a comedy show right now, but in the future, go to some comedy shows. Uh, but nonetheless, find ways to laugh with your wife. And I, this isn't anything new. I've talked about this. I learned this lesson early, early on in our marriage. Uh, so every day, I try to at least get my wife to smile and giggle. Um, you know, you're not going to have like these amazing memories every single day. It's just not going to happen, but that's okay. All right. Uh, the next note that I have, make memories that bring both of you joy. See, when you tie a memory to laughter or when you laugh, it becomes a memory. You remember, you know, most of what happened in that situation or bare minimum, you remember he makes me laugh. 
or she makes me laugh, right? Uh, these are the things that you want to develop in your relationship and you want to develop a lot of these. This is why for me, it's important to make my wife laugh every day because when I'm gone, the memory that she has of me is that her husband loved her and he always made me laugh. Now, sometimes I make my wife laugh and I'm not even trying, right? Uh, she laughs at me when I start cooking. Not that I'm a bad cook, but I cook differently than her. And it's funny to her because it's it's odd. Uh, so some ways that you can try and make your wife laugh is do something out of the ordinary uh, that's odd and it will absolutely work. Uh, actually, just yesterday, um, you know, we were playing Uno Attack and with the family um, and I don't even remember necessarily why I did this, but I did a silly dance uh, on the way back from the kitchen getting some coffee and my wife just she cracked up laughing um, and she, you know, she's like, do it again, do it again. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, well, now I feel embarrassed, like because I wasn't necessarily doing it for the attention. Um, but she enjoyed it so much that I went ahead and I did it again. That split or, you know, those few seconds that we shared, you know, obviously the entire family was there, but I was really doing it for my wife. Uh, that is a memory she's going to hold. And it worked out because I was able to make her laugh that or yesterday, you know. So those are situations that you want to look for and you want to capitalize on as much as you possibly can. Now, uh, the last note that I have is relax and enjoy spending time with your wife. See, I, you know, going back to that particular situation from yesterday, the silly dance, I enjoyed spending time with my wife because we were playing a card game, Uno Attack. Now, obviously, our daughters were sitting at the table with us. We were all playing. It was family time. Um, but, you know, going back to the physical touch, I found ways of incorporating that in our card playing where, you know, I rubbed on her arm uh, or her leg, you know, just letting her know, hey, I'm here. I love you. We're connecting and we're having a good time and I'm enjoying this time with you. That's one of the ways that I let her know by giving her physical touch while we're playing the card game, appropriate physical touch in front of the kids, obviously. Uh, but, you know, if we can pause for a second, my daughters are seeing what it looks like to have a man who loves his wife. This is, you know, the, the old saying, your, your children marry uh, or your daughters marry their fathers or someone who acts like their father, thing like that, right? I want my daughters to see a man who is treating his wife in a manner that is respectful, loving, caring, intimate, so they can have successful and beautiful marriages. So it's important that you put it on display for your children to see. Uh, and if you have sons, then 
as a man, you're being that role model as my father was. So when they become husbands, they can treat their wives in the exact same way that you treated your wife, right? And then this becomes a generational blessing uh, because then their kids will see them treating their wives that way, and then they'll develop relationships along that same path. So very important, relax, or coming back to the the uh, note on having fun, relax and enjoy spending the time with your wife, uh, be it on the couch, on a drive, uh, you know, I'm a terrible singer. We went driving looking at Christmas lights and uh, my wife, she loves it when I sing songs to her. And I don't know why, because I can't sing, but she really does love it. And the kids know that I can't sing and they don't like it. So they're sitting in the back seat and they're like, no, stop, dad, please don't do it. And my wife is just smiling with joy when I'm singing these terrible Christmas songs. I won't like hurt you guys' ears with that. But the point that I'm trying to make here is enjoy the time no matter how short that that period is. It could be a minute. It could be an hour. Just enjoy the time that you're spending with your wife and you'll naturally have fun and build those memories that speak to your character and where you are in your relationship. So again, when you are gone and your wife survives you, you know, those are the things that she'll remember about you. Maybe not all the situations, but she'll remember that you made her laugh and you had fun. All right. Very important. It's a legacy. Uh, now, on to the third thing. I learned from a father that it is important to fight tirelessly to keep your marriage healthy. I don't, you know, my father, he had his struggles and he was not a perfect man. Growing up, my dad had some some challenges uh, and it bled into the marriage and it made my mom miserable. But then my father matured. He became a man about his business. He became a man about his family. And it was a night and day difference from the man he was to the man that he became. And that was just a beautiful transformation. Now, the significance to this is he could have easily just said, you know what? I'm a deadbeat. I'm not going to be a good father. I'm not going to be a good husband. I might as well just give it give it up and throw in a towel. Now, some of you may feel that way right now. Listening to this episode, you may be like, you know, I'm looking for as much help as I possibly can so I can make our marriage better, make my marriage better, fight for my marriage. Um, but everything I try, it's just not working. Look, if you don't hear anything else out of this episode today, what I want you to hear is that you have to fight tirelessly to save your marriage. 
It doesn't matter if it looks like it's working right now or it doesn't look like it's working. You have to keep going. You have to keep putting in the work every single day. Success is only bought for one day, and it's bought with your hard effort with building your relationship. Now, over time, success becomes a little bit easier each day because you have the tools to get to success on that day. But if you are in a place right now where your marriage is seemingly in shambles uh, and you're genuinely struggling just to have a basic conversation with your wife, what I want you to know is you can make it through this. And if you continue to work on your marriage and you fight tirelessly, you will make it through this. But your marriage isn't going to get better overnight because in most cases, your marriage was not destroyed overnight. It was destroyed over time or it never had the foundation to build well enough. So when a single issue came about, it was easy to break the marriage and get you into a situation where you feel like it's better off just divorcing her. And the truth of the matter is, it's not, uh, especially if there's kids involved. So it's so important that you fight tirelessly for your marriage. Like, you have to put in the work as if you were saving lives. It's that serious. Now, I do have a few more notes on fighting tirelessly. Uh, The first one being, you did good yesterday, but now you have to put in the work today. I've already said that success is only bought for the day, and every day you have to put in the work. Now, what I mean by this is, you're not always going to have a great day with your wife, right? My wife and I, we argue And we have challenges, we have issues, we got situations. It's life, right? Roller coaster ride. But here's the deal. When those situations come up, those challenges come up, I'm ready to put in the work to get through those challenges because I have developed the skills and the tools to communicate effectively and in a way that resonates with my wife so that we can go beyond whatever that challenge is. So, and the cool thing is we have both developed these skills so that when an issue comes up, we can attack it and it usually doesn't last longer than a day. So by the end of that day, we've already worked through it, or at least we're on the path to recovery from that situation that I can still count that day as successful because my partner, my wife, my friend, and I have come up with a plan that's going to get us to success eventually, right? So it is so important that you put in the work every single day. And the cool thing is uh, we're talking In the larger scheme, at least at this point, uh, the five love languages. Uh, 
those love languages, they speak to something called the love tank, right? The more you have in the tank, the more you can pull out and, you know, you can withdraw from and utilize. It's like a bank, right? Uh, The more money you put into the bank, when you have a situation, you can pull out some of that money and go take care of that situation. And then you got to put more money back into the bank. Otherwise, if you keep pulling out, it gets empty. And when it gets empty, you start to get these overdraft fees. And that means you got to put even more work in or more money in just to get back to the zero dollar amount or uh, the neutral amount for your account. All right. And if you overdraft your account too many times, your account will most likely get closed out by that bank. Same concept happens in our marriage. The more that we take and we don't invest or put in the work every day to show our wives that we love her, that's why it's the tagline for this show, that we're going to find a way to love our wife every single day. It's so we're investing into that love tank. So when a situation comes up, we have something to withdraw from there. Because, guys, let me tell you, if you are in a situation where you're fighting for your marriage and you have not invested into that love tank, you're doing it wrong. All right. That's just me being 100 percent honest with you. If you have not invested into that love tank, you are doing it wrong. So. Make sure that you are working every day to invest in that love tank so you have something to withdraw from. All right. Now, the next note that I have is don't let your pride keep you from getting help with your marriage, especially if you need it. Now, it is always beneficial to have a third party person uh, come in and just be a a helping hand, a, a friend that is going to move your relationship into the positive uh, relationship that you're looking for. You have to choose someone who has uh, your best interest in mind and your wife's best interest in mind. Um, A professional third party person, you know, a counselor. Uh, If you are a person of faith, your minister um, or your pastor, you know, go, going to your church, your congregation, and asking them for assistance on this, you know, that is always a better option than trying to tough it out on your own and you struggle with it. Now, you know, this podcast is a great tool and resource that you can use You know, if you're applying these drills, you're getting something that you can use every single day to show your wife that you love her and invest in that love tank. Um, But you may need someone that you can talk to and really have a conversation with about your specific situation. All right. And that's where the limitations of this podcast are uh, currently. So. You know, you want to find someone that you can speak to. So don't be so prideful that you don't go get the help from a third party person that you really need 
to come in and, and have a conversation with you and, and coach you through it uh, intentionally. All right. Don't be prideful. Uh, and then the last note that I have on fighting tirelessly is find a mentor that has your best interest in mind and share regularly. You see, there's a uh, proverb in the Bible that says, as iron sharpens iron, another man sharpens another man. It is so important that you have someone that is on your side. Now, I I spoke about this briefly, uh, but I really want to go into a little bit more detail about this. You see, my father, like I said, he started out with some challenges and he ended up getting a mentor and his mentor helped him with a lot of things, but showed him what it meant to be a family man. And that's when my father really started to mature. You see, change happens when either someone forces you to make the change or so much has happened in your life that you choose to make the change. Those That's when change happens, right? Well, my father was at both of those points. He was forced to make the change if he wanted to continue living with us. Uh, and then he had made so many mistakes and hurt so many people along the way that he didn't even realize it. Uh, I talked to him about this years later, obviously, because I was a kid when this was all happening. But years later, I, I interviewed my father, essentially, and he told me there came a point that I had no idea what it was like to be a man with a family. I knew what it was like to be a boy with a bunch of things. And I knew that, you know, you got to go to got to go to work and pay bills. These are things that our society teaches us. But what our society doesn't teach us, and this is where community comes in, is it doesn't teach us how to love our families. It doesn't teach us how to be a husband. They encourage marriagement or marriage, but where is the guidance on what it looks like to be in a marriage. And that doesn't come from our society, uh, at least in a positive way. It may come from uh, our TV show, our culture and things of that sort. But you look at a lot of the TV shows, uh, you know, today, not back then, but today, a lot of the TV shows are blended families where the family was married and then there was a divorce or there was no no marriage whatsoever uh, and kids are involved um, or I mean, there's TV shows about polygamy. So our society is sending a very mixed message in a progressive agenda way. Um, so where do husbands learn to become husbands? From other husbands who are already walking it. That's where. And that's why you have to find someone who has your best interest in mind and is going to help you get to the place in your marriage that you're looking to get. All right. And that's going to be, uh, you know, someone that you have to speak with on a regular basis. You can't talk to this person once a month. I would say you need to talk to this person at least three times a month. 
I talked to my dad every week, sometimes multiple times in the week. Uh, not always about the marriage, but, you know, I would talk to him and ask questions because there's there's still things that I'm learning about marriage. You know, I'm not some expert at this. I've been married uh, to my wife for 13 years and we have a, a wonderful marriage. But again, early on in our marriage, uh, it was it was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, Crystal will tell you, I was not a good husband. And I mean, for what it's worth, she was not a good wife. We had an idea of what it looked like to be married, but we had no real context to what it means to be a husband and a wife. So we hurt each other and we hurt each other bad. Um, and, you know, now I'm thankful to say that we recovered from those situations. But uh, moral of the story, you have to fight tirelessly for your marriage and you have to find someone who has your best interest in mind. My father, he had the best interest for our marriage and mine from the day that my wife and I got married, you know, and that's something that I am truly thankful for. Now, those were the three things that I learned, but I do have a bonus thing. And that bonus uh, note is Pray for your wife ferociously. Now, this goes along with fighting for your marriage tirelessly. Uh, and if you're a believer in Christ, you know, a, a person of faith, you have to pray for your wife. All right. It is so important that you pray for, you know, just being thankful that she's there, praying for her safety, her wisdom uh, and for her healing with issues that you may have caused or physical issues that she's going through. It's just so important that we pray for our wives. I pray for my wife every day, every single day. I pray for my wife. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the drill for the week. And as I mentioned before, it's about patience. Uh, I titled this drill, find your patience, right? Um, it's very straightforward. I'm just going to read the instructions and then we'll wrap up the episode. So part one to finding your patients. Uh, the first step, you need to assess your patients level on a scale of one to 10 with your wife. Uh, one being the lowest amount of patients and 10 being the highest, right? Uh, so you choose your number one through 10 where you think you rate yourself. And then you ask your wife to do the same thing, all right? Take those two numbers, add them together, and then divide them by two. This is going to give you your average number of where you think you are and where your wife thinks you are. Typically, what happens here is you think you're uh, higher up on the scale and your wife thinks you're lower on the scale, so you end up with a pretty decent average, right? Not an exact science, but the drill will help you hone in a little bit better here in a second. Now, if your number is one through four, then obviously you got some work to do with your patients. Uh, and you would consider yourself to be in the poor patients category. Not anything necessarily wrong with this. 
if you are willing to put in the work to move your score higher. All right. Now, if you are 100 percent OK with being in the poor category, uh, then you need to reassess what it is that you want to do in your marriage and where your goals are as a husband. All right. Now, if your number is a five through a seven, then you're doing good, but you need to find uh, a few things to tighten up on. And typically there's two things when it comes to patience, right? There is your word selection and there is your uh, body language. So if you are in the poor category, you are probably bad at both your body language and your word selection uh, because your wife picks up on all this stuff, right? You may not pick up on it as much as your wife does, but your wife picks up on all this stuff. If you're in the five to seven category, then you probably are struggling with one uh, or the other. Either when you are impatient, you use words uh, that could be hurtful, um, or they could just be perceived as aggressive, all right? Um, or your body language tells your your wife, hey, I am not happy with this situation, and I'm not being patient with you, and I'm not giving you grace. So it, it's usually one or the other, all right? Uh, and then obviously eight through 10, uh, you're doing good, but you probably have those situations, um, where your patience level is tested, but either you're passive and you're just like, okay, whatever. Uh, but nonetheless, if you are at an eight through 10, you're patient. And the second part of this drill is going to be fairly simple for you, but it's important that you are aware of the situation or what happens in situations when your patience is tested. All right. So part two, uh, be mindful of situations this week that normally would drive you crazy and cause you to lose your patience. All right. So just be mindful. I'm not saying cause any situations where you test your patience out. Don't do that. Uh, but if you come across a situation where your patience gets tested, then what I want you to do is hit the pause button for a second and say, okay, am I in a situation where my patience is tested? If the answer to that is yes, then I need to pay attention to what I do very carefully for the next couple uh, moments or however long this situation lasts. All right. Uh, second step, if you are in the range of one to four on your patience, what I want you to do is pay attention to your body language and your word selection. Now, if you didn't say anything, I want you to think about the words that you just naturally want to say. All right. Those are typically the words that are causing you to not be the most patient person. Then I want you to remember back to step or the first note that I gave about uh, being patient and give grace and forgive your wife instantly. Okay. Very important. All all uh, three of these stages, I want you guys to forgive your wife instantly. As soon as you feel your patience being tested, say, hey, you know what? I'm not holding this against you, honey. This isn't this is not something I'm going to hold against you, even if it is her fault. Right. Don't tell yourself a lie. This isn't your fault. Uh, but instead, what you want to do is say, I'm not going to hold this against you. Instead, 
I'm going to find something else to do and I'm going to be more patient. Now, if the situation is a conversation that's frustrating you, then you have to say, okay, what is it that's frustrating me about this conversation? Ah, that's what it is. Okay. I'm going to forgive you for this and then address that conversation. Uh, but I also want you to pay attention to your body language. All right. Your body language is so important. Whatever you are doing physically, you are speaking verbally uh, to your wife. So, you know, find neutral body language, um, crossing your arms and pouting your face. And most of the body language happens in your face, right? Um, try not to do sarcastic smiling, things of that sort. Uh, instead, think about genuinely how you want to respond to her because a thoughtful face is almost neutral body language and it'll diffuse the situation a lot faster than if you seemingly give in to what you think she wants to hear. All right. Um, if you were in the five to seven category, what I want you to do is pay attention again to your body language and word selection. But again, you probably have already honed in on which one you need to work on the most. And I want you to just change the way that that works, right? Uh, so if you know that you normally say uh, some aggressive words when you are being impatient, I want you to, one, instantly forgive her and then choose a more neutral approach on talking about the situation. And then if you are in the 8 to 10 range, again, these situations, what you're going to do uh, is for, for you, you're probably already patient enough. Your body language, typically uh, anyone who's in the 8 to 10 range, what I found is uh, their body language is good to go. Most of the time in this situation, it is the words uh, because a lot of people, we learn to master how our bodies uh, work, but we don't pay attention to the things that come out of our mouth as much. Uh, and we word vomit. Or we say the first thing that comes to our mind and we don't pay attention to how that will be perceived by our spouse. Um, and so in this situation, you're probably, you know, and this is a very generalized statement uh, if you're in the 8 to 10 range, it's probably your words. Now, here's the note. Uh, the number you got is just your overall average. And this is typically like when we were talking about the listening styles. There is a primary listening style that you have, but you use all four of the listening styles throughout the day uh, and definitely throughout your life. Same concept goes here. Based on the situation, your patience level uh, or your tolerance to a situation will determine which range you fall in for your patience level. Okay? Uh, and what I want you to do is react to the situation based off of your tolerance uh, average. So if the situation... Uh, if the situation 
leads you to be in a one to four range, then I want you to respond to the situation as if your average is one to four. Uh, and if the situation leads you to eight to 10, but your average was one to four, then respond to the situation as an eight to 10 uh, category. All right. There's nothing wrong with this, uh, this fluctuating thing, because over time, we learn patience in different areas of our lives, right? Uh, I used to be impatient when I said, hey, I'm ready to go. My wife was still getting ready. And now, before I used to be in a one to four, I had the body language and I had the words, right? Now, that's more of an eight to 10 to me. If she's not ready, it's okay. I'm going to just go sit down and do something else and wait until she's ready to go uh, because I'm not concerned about it. Typically, uh, again, there are very few places that we go that we have to be there right at that time. Uh, so I'm not overly concerned. Do I like to be on time? Absolutely. Uh, I actually like to be early to places. I don't like to be on time. I like to be 10 minutes before the time I was supposed to be there. Uh, not everyone has that same uh, thought process, but it's all right. Um, now, here's the deal. The goal for this drill is to become mindful of your body language and your word selection uh, when you get upset or annoyed with your wife. Learning to control both of these things will help you communicate your feelings in a less aggressive manner and improve your influence in your marriage. We want to have heavy influence in our marriage. But if you don't learn how to control your word selection, your body language, and especially with your patience, you will influence your marriage absolutely, but not in a positive way that you want to take your marriage. So my recommendation is that you learn how to manage your patience. And this week, just be mindful. And even if you don't necessarily respond, I mean, when we talked about uh, managing conflict in some in one of my earlier episodes, I discussed you always have to respond. You don't always have to respond immediately. Okay, that's important. You will respond, uh, and your response is going to determine a lot of where your influence goes and your relationship goes. However, you may not respond as much or as fast as the situation developed. And that's okay. Moral of the story, if you are at least mindful of the things that annoy you the most, and most of us already know the things that annoy us the most, right? Uh, but if, you're, if you don't, become mindful. Uh, and these are things that you write down in your wife journal really only the most annoying things. All right. Now, this isn't to write it down so you can point it out to your wife later. What you're really doing is you're writing it down to understand. So that way you can come back and understand why this annoys you and how you can overcome it. But also using it as a research uh, method so you can understand what is going on with your wife and why she continues to do this thing. Uh, because you may find that she does this because of something you do, in which case you can absolutely control yourself 
So then you can change what you do, which changes what she does. In turn, you don't have to be annoyed about something that she used to do. All right. So that's why we want to write it down in our wife journal. Uh, And really, that can go in the far back of the journal. It doesn't need to be up front with all the positive things and the way that we see our wives. Uh, That can go in on a sheet of paper where you can eventually rip that thing out and and burn it. Um, Because what you want to figure out is how is this developing and why does this this bother me so much? Um, And don't just settle with the surface answer. This bothers me because I want it to be this way. Um, Why do you want it to be that way? What other ways are acceptable? Is there only one acceptable way? Why is there only one acceptable way? Like go deeper then this bothers me because it just does. That's like child's play, right? We're we're adults, we are husbands, and we want to find ways to love our wife every day. So, guys, this has been a long episode, but uh, I think that lots of value-added content here. So, I am excited to get back into the rotation uh, and and get these episodes pumped out. Uh, and, you know, just hearing your guys' wins across the globe uh, when it comes to marriage. So I'm excited to be back uh, and helping out as many husbands as possible, even if it's only one. Uh, but you guys are awesome. Thank you for listening in. And until the next time, I want you guys to find a way to love your wife each and every day. Peace out.